0: Hello everyone and welcome to another uh, Livingstone Ministry Podcast. Um, Today we're going to talk about um, what exactly does the word holy mean and what exactly does the Bible mean when we are dead to sin. Uh, Before we get started, um, I just wanted to say I understand I've taken quite a bit of a hiatus here. Um, Life has been... stressful and very busy and though I probably shouldn't use it as an excuse it is however taking up 99% of my time Um, and I'm working as best I can to get moments to share with you all and uh, be with you all and be able to teach you some things that God has revealed to me and um, I'd also like to say that your support and encouragement has been amazing fantastic um also there are other plans as far as um whenever available i am going to continue to do live streams and things like that on the facebook page um however um i might keep things pretty strictly podcast for a while since it's easier on me and um i could do it from anywhere if need be i don't exactly have to Set up a presentable uh, scene, so to speak. So, what exactly is holiness? Well, holiness. When we when we think of holiness, we give it this idea of absolute, um, this divine, just. Radiating power and and something that is that is so special and supernatural. And though for our case of religion, our religion, in which I even hate calling it that, um, God is holy. And if we will look up really quick, uh, I want to give you guys. The internet definition of holy, let's see what it says before I continue to, to move on. Exactly, okay, so exactly what I was saying. Um, uh, the Webster's Dictionary says that the definition of holy is exalted or worthy of complete devotion as one perfect in goodness and righteousness, devoted entirely to the deity or the work of the deity, uh, having a divine quality, venerated, or as or as if sacred, uh, being a deity. Um, and and I would agree with those definitions. However, um, the definition of holy as described in the Bible is actually not exactly the same. Holy. The word holy simply means to be set apart. For example, you would not use your toothbrush to clean the gutters or the roof. Because it's not meant for that. It's meant for brushing your teeth. You wouldn't use car soap on your body and wax yourself down to make you shine. Well, maybe some people do. But, <laughs> but nevertheless... um talking about car wax i mean that's something that is holy is set apart for something very very specific and we are holy um unto god meaning when we are saved as christians um we become holy not because we completely are good and righteous but because we are set apart for a purpose uh, that he has in mind um and yes, us being saved, we are made whole, and we are um destined to be in heaven with God, however we're still alive on this earth and I don't know about you, but i I still sin, I sin a lot um so you can't exactly when when the Bible says that we are holy, you can't exactly put a a sense of divine purpose so to speak on us as far as being completely good and righteous because we are not um the holy spirit that indwells in us most certainly is but we ourselves are, are are not such creatures and with that being said the only thing that makes us holy is because god has set us apart because god has said we are um, so I just wanted to give you guys that definition because so many people get it mixed up and um, I wanted to give you guys the, the actual true biblical definition um, of that word. And if you'll excuse my voice, I am dealing with tremendous sinus issues. So we're going to start today here in uh, Romans chapter 6 and I'm just going to start reading from there. So uh, just bear with me. And I am reading from the King James Version. It says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized in his death? Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For we, for if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we should, also, we should be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead Told here is, is when we were saved and and uh, and baptized. Um, we are made new, and we are are holy at that point. We are we are obviously held separately. Um, but you notice as he says that we should that we should live as God has lived. That means that there is friction. He doesn't say in that particular instance that we deal with sin and have to fight it. Not at this point. He does talk about it, but I'm wanting to bring... There's a reason why I brought this specific scripture up. Um, Being dead to sin. Okay, so I want to take just a moment, and I want want you to just kind of sit here, and I want you to imagine... You are still alive, very much in your soul. You're still aware of your surroundings. You still know what's going on, but I want you for just a moment to close your eyes and imagine every member of your body, even your own brain. Every part of your body as as if you are a living corpse. Nothing changes the fact that your body is simply dead. And if you take a moment to just do that... Because I did this exercise myself. um, To realize almost for a moment... That this, this body is going to fade. And there is nothing special about it. There is nothing that is inherently good about it. All of these sinful, fleshful desires is what controls us every single day. And of course what's being written here is saying we shouldn't let it. But we have to, that takes time, that takes discipline. That takes a long, long walk with God in order to get you um, where you're supposed to be. Um, The fact that you simply hunger, you know, and your stomach growls and it hurts... You feel that pain. It's very very real. It's a very real, very present pain. But we are still to to treat it as as if it is nothing. And I'm not saying starve yourself. Because it isn't a sin to feed to feed you, you know, your belly in order to keep keep energy in you and keep you going. However, but our body groans for things that are not good food. There are those of us who have a, a, a misfire in our heads or we're, we're sad and we're dealing with things. And and uh, I can't tell you so many men fall into the pattern of pornography or or extreme addiction to masturbation or sex in general, um, drinking, uh, drugs, um and it can happen to any of us, it really could, because because I'm telling you, once once somebody has the, the audacity to try things like that, it is a spiraling circle and it's extremely hard to stop that train. Um because it does feel so good in the moment. However the repercussions that you get and most especially the conviction afterwards is 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 pure torture. Um, but we have to sit and, and render our members essentially useless. When I say members, I'm talking members of the body. You know, there was an old saying that I heard, um, my stepfather actually say, and I never seen it in the Bible. As a matter of fact, I've not even looked for it. Um, However, I still deem it to be very, very true. Um, He used to tell me, he said that um, idle hands are the devil's playground, in which it is so true. How many stories have you read in which a housewife ends up getting bored and ends up longing for her husband or, or things like that and ends up doing something that she shouldn't? Or a man who is a trucker out on long periods and stretches of drives and doesn't see his family in seven weeks at a time and only gets to stay for one week and is back out on the road, ends up cheating on his spouse with another woman. Um, a father who is, who is dealing with, with divorce and um, the mother is making his life a living nightmare and um, he turns to drugs uh, or alcohol in order to help um, numb that pain. If you will give me a moment, I'm going to share with you a story that I read. As somebody who is going through a divorce myself, I'm, I'm part of a group uh, on Facebook. It's just called Dads Assisting Dads. That's all it is. And all makes, all walks of life, all religions, some don't believe, some do believe, whatever. There was a guy who has, thank God, now recovered, Um, who he hadn't seen his kid in years. Um, And in order to relive memories and create his own fantasy, he started with just weed and got his way up to heroin and would shoot up and and he would consistently play with his, his... his child um can't remember if it was just a ch- one kid or if he had multiple kids but he would play with them in his in his in his high he would visit them and spend time with them in his high and he would consistently get high because that was the only time that it ever felt like he was actually there with them again and it's a sad story but i mean it's wonderful that he's he's recovered but i'm saying it's so easy. I mean, there's people who get addicted to food. There's people who suffer from from comfort eating and end up paying dearly for such things. And I'm telling you that that comfort, that comfort eating, the that desire to eat still comes when it comes, but you choose to overindulge. The desire for pleasure in any amount and happiness is a very very core um, struck uh, standpoint in a human's life. I mean we pursue happiness at all at all costs we pursue luxury and peace uh well at least most of us and in a world where essentially peace is never actually obtainable Um, at least to a relative degree it's a constant longing for something that never will fulfill us so food in the moment can make you happy but as soon as you take that last bite and you swallow what, what else is there there's nothing left once you masturbate repeatedly or watch porn and masturbate or whatever and, and once, once you hit that climax and you realize what you just looked at was disgusting that these are someone's children these are, these are people that God loves or simply making the mistake of getting caught up in, in your sexual desires that you end up cheating on your spouse and you realize and you sit there and you realize what have i done it's that desire that that pulls us to everything we are very very impatient we are very very undisciplined especially this generation um there are people who who would rather die than eat a certain thing you know it's my point is if we continue to give our flesh every bit of the power then we render our faith essentially useless now hear me out because a lot of people will say well how how is the faith useless then If, you know, if God was the one who gave it to you and God knows all and has all the power, indeed he does. However, he also doesn't, how do I explain this, does not per se force you. You know, it's like, how do I put this? Let me, let me kind of tail back here let me revert a little bit so talking about uh, rendering your faith useless or whatever and god doesn't basically force it on you you do have that power accessible to you even the addict while he's buying his drugs says i don't know why i'm doing this this is killing me but i can't stop He knows in his heart and in his mind that he's not, that what he's doing is hurting himself. But however, in pursuit of that that five minutes of euphoria, I mean, and, and that's what we do. We live life that way every single day, I included. And to render your flesh useless is the best way in order to walk the easier walk with Jesus. If we read on, he will continue here in verse 15 about the, or excuse me, uh, chapter 8, verse 5, where the conflict of the spirit with the flesh, and I'm just going to read verse 5 through 13 It says, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so, be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, your body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his Spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh, for if ye live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you live through the Spirit, do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. I love, love, love. Um, verse 10. And it says, and if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. Let me tell you something. When you were born, you were born into sin. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. You are a sinner born into a world of sin. You are a part of that sin. You are a sinner. And so you were born in the flesh. Everyone is. When we are saved by God, we can still sin. But most certainly Jesus is the partner of such sin. That is no license to sin. However, it is understandable by God that we most certainly will sin. Even worry. um, The very fact that we worry about things is a sin in itself. Because we're not putting full faith in God. We sin probably so much in a day we do not even realize. And God understands that. However... When it comes to these primal urges and, and things of such nature, we have to be able to better control them. If you are consistently finding yourself in a situation where you have a hard time controlling your sexual desires, a lot of men, and yes, even some women, uh, suffer from this. Well, find yourself a husband. Find yourself a wife. I'm not saying just jump into marriage like it's nothing. But if you're going to do it the way it's supposed to be done, then you know, do it do it the right way, don't do it the wrong way. Because once you and your spouse are conjoined, uh, in holy matrimony, there's that word again, holy, set apart. Um you can have sex 24 hours, (laughs) and keep going, and and God will condone it, God is the inventor of sex, if, if your search is for peace, and, and, and a sort of euphoria in life, well, first of all, you're going to have to convince yourself to stop believing in the lie that, A, there is such a thing as euphoria in this broken world that we live in, but, B, if you want true peace, true, lasting peace, then you would have to depend on God for that. Peace in itself is not what we think it is. Peace isn't not having conflict. Peace isn't having serenity in all of your surroundings and in your soul and in your heart. No. Peace is walking into the flames knowing that at the end of everything you will be with Jesus in heaven. Peace is knowing that this life that you live is very, very short and very limited. And no matter how much pain you endure, the fact that that God will be there at the end of your road, and He's walking with you, though sometimes you may not see Him or notice Him, He's very, very much right there by your side. Peace is continuing to live your life, despite everything that's going on that's not so right. There are things so out of our control, especially right now, that there is truly nothing that we can do. It causes our hair to stand up, our stress to rise. But the peace is simply knowing that whatever is trying to affect you and get into your life in the end, will come to no avail. So yeah. God can make your life a little difficult. Satan most certainly will. But the peace of God that comes through knowledge of him and knowledge of his word is a peace that is insurmountable. And I'm going to leave you all with that. I know it kind of break off, just kind of out of nowhere. But uh, when I'm out of things to say, once the spirit stops flowing, it just stops. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna dilly and dally. Um, and goodness knows, it's been 24 minutes, so I'm sure you all have things to do. Um, nevertheless, um, again, I thank you for all of your support, and I hope you were encouraged by this. I hope that you have learned something and please feel free um to join the ministry page please contact me and ask me questions let's talk about faith and if I can't figure it out let's look it up together you know everything is not beyond our reach um it's better we work together than to sit here and suffer on our own and have a lot hard to- a lot harder time finding answers uh rather than having somebody who can help you with them actually help you. So um I hope everyone has had a wonderful I have stopped keeping track of the days, so let's see what today is. Tuesday. So I hope everyone has had a wonderful Tuesday and um it's a long still a long week of work uh ahead so Um, God be with you all. Um, Again, I thank you for your support and your prayers. Um, Livingstone Ministry is going strong, and it is going to continue to do so. Um, So stick around, please, and um, and tune in uh, to the podcast whenever you can. Um, Good night.